Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the 19th episode of Concussion Chats. My name is Taya. Concussion Chats is a podcast hosted by the McGill students for the Concussion Legacy Foundation with the help of Nick from Concussion Talk Podcast. We're dedicated to providing strength and hope to those suffering from concussions through sharing experiences. Today, I have a recording of our guest speaker, Bella Page. Bella is the owner of Post Concussion Inc., a website to help brain injury survivors and their families. After sustaining over 10 concussions and experiencing post-concussion syndrome for nearly nine years, she realized that she could help others. Um, and can't wait to share what she learns with everyone. Uh, though Bella still struggles with symptoms, she is now living happily with PCS um, and believes you can too. All right, Bella. I'm going to pass right. it over to you. Yeah, for sure. So hi, everyone. I'm Bella. She kind of gave a little bit of lowdown. So I started post-concussion ink this fall, uh, kind of after the whole COVID started and I had nothing else to do. And I needed something to do and I wanted to help. I am also a host uh, of the post-concussion podcast, which I will talk about a little bit later. So my story is really long. Uh, it actually started about 15 years ago. But that was when I had one head injury. And what had happened was I was snowboarding with my friends. I was eight years old and I decided to, we were racing and I decided to sit in front of a jump. Now, when you think about that, that's a terrible idea. But when you're eight years old, it seems like a great meeting spot. So I met and sat in front of the jump because I had won. So I was super excited. And then a 20 year old flew over that jump and landed on top of me. And we tumbled halfway down the hill and I had gone did not realize uh, the extent of my head injury. I my knee really hurt. So I limped back to the chalet. I don't think I went snowboarded the rest of the day. And then I happened to be a dancer at the time. So I went to dance that night. And the, my dance teacher called my mom saying there's something off with Bella, you should probably come get her. And that's when we included in that I probably had a head injury from the crash. And then I had a whole bunch of other head injuries. Uh, as she's as Emily said, it was from, uh, I've had over 10. A lot of them were from show jumping. So one of them, I was riding my pony down the rail and she tripped and I went head first into the dirt and she rolled over top of me. But I got on that day right after I brushed the dirt off me, made sure she was okay. And then got on and rode for another hour. 
did not clue in that I have a head injury. And then I had headaches all summer. So for about two months. And then I had gotten really competitive into riding horses. So at that time, I had only been riding uh, like competitively, but in my local area, which is really small from a small town. But then I decided in the, my first year of high school, I moved away from home. So I was competing lots and that was like my life. I had finally reached the dream. All I was doing was riding horses every day. Nothing else mattered. And I did that for about two years, but I had a few falls in there. And a couple of the times when I fell, I took, I think a week off the one time, didn't train all week, but then showed on the weekend. And that was obviously a bad idea. And then I had moved away from home again. Uh, I was living in Florida actually, and I was 15 and the headaches had started. And I remember taking Tylenol, Advil, et cetera, and pretty much anything. And I didn't really think much about it that like this wasn't from being tired. This was from the fact that I have a head injury and uh, there's something wrong here. You should not have a headache every day. Even if you are up from five in the morning until 10 o'clock at night, it's not normal. But I was just kind of explaining it as exhaustion. Like I was busy. I was riding multiple horses a day. I didn't think much about it. And after the season ended in Florida, I had moved uh, back home and I was really kind of depressed because the headaches, but I didn't tell anyone what was going on because I had to move back home to finish school up. And then I decided, well, it's all good. I'm just going to go show again. So I showed for a whole nother season with the headaches. Didn't tell anyone. I would mention that I had a headache once in a while. I wasn't sleeping. I was doing yoga at four in the morning because I was like wide awake and I couldn't figure out what to do. So I tried exercising and that did not work. So then eventually it kind of caught up with me. So at the end of the season, it was time to move home. And two weeks before that, I had gotten off my horse and my best friend caught me because I fainted. And that was because of the amount of pressure in my head. I was so dizzy when I finished my round. And then when I had moved home is when the real crash happened. All of a sudden the adrenaline rush from the horse shows had stopped the excitement of the daily training, all of that had slowed down. So then all of a sudden I was home for high school and I was like, oh my God, I'm in a lot of pain. The lights are too bright. I can't get out of bed. And I was told to drop out of school at that time by doctors. They're like, maybe you should just take a break and try again later, which was huge. I was like panicked because I'm a big school person. I was like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. And I came up with a system where I would go to school for one class one day so Monday I'd go to my first class Tuesday I'd go to my second class Wednesday I'd go to my third class and that's how I did uh, that uh, grade 11 um, of high school I went one day for one class because that's all I could handle and I didn't want to drop out but when all that happened my mental health like tanked like through the roof like or through the ground I guess it's the opposite way um, but it tanked majorly because I couldn't do anything. All my friends were out and I would go out with them and I would smile through it, but I'd be in so much pain and they had no idea what was going on. All my friends were like, oh, I knew you had concussions, but I didn't realize how bad you were suffering. And I didn't realize how bad I was suffering either because I wasn't talking about it. I kept it really uh, secret. It was all on the inside and it really like, my mental health was struggling. I was doing a ton of therapies. My parents were sending me to doctors. I was on pain meds. I got really bad side effects from those pain meds. And I just kept going. And what had happened was it was just way too much. And then after my second year of high school, I decided 
or I guess third, I decided that I was going to just stop taking the pain meds because I had had one pain med made me lose 20 pounds in about three months, 20, 25 pounds. So I weighed, I looked really small. I was afraid. I didn't want to go outside. I wore sweatpants everywhere because if people saw me, they'd make comments because I was so tiny. They'd be like, oh, I wish I could be skinny like you. And I was so little and I was so upset about it. None of my clothes fit that I didn't leave the house. So I was like, screw this, no meds, no nothing. And I had to deal with the nutritionist for two years after that to learn how to eat again. So that was quite a process. And if you have questions about that, feel free to ask. And then after that, I decided I was better. So because I was managing to go to school more, I was like, I'm doing great, except for the fact that I had a headache every single day still. But I was like, I'm doing great. I'm going to move away from university and I'm going to show again. So that's what I did. I moved across the country uh, with my horse and I was like, I'm ready. This is what I'm going to do. Go to school, ride, and it's going to be perfect. And I lasted about four months. And in those four months, the headache started getting worse from university being a huge step for most people. And then because I hadn't been a full-time student for the last two years in high school. And then the big step of university and then all of a sudden riding competitively and jumping really large. So when you land off of a jump, I would feel the impact in my head every single time, especially as the jumps got bigger. So I actually ended up blacking out completely. I was 11 o'clock at night and I remember all of a sudden everything disappeared and I lived in an apartment alone. So I didn't know what to do. I couldn't call 911. I couldn't exit my apartment because I couldn't see. And I remember just laying there terrified and it was about three, four hours later and I called my mom in a different time zone, like freaking out that there's something wrong because I couldn't see. And then she like calmed me down and then a few weeks later I was like I think it's time for me to move home because dealing with all of this alone is not something uh, I'm ready to do like I needed my family needed my parents to come to the emerge with me and I just needed that extra support that my family could provide so I moved back home and then the way I did university was really helpful so I used the accessibility system the best I could because I had memory issues sound issues like so I needed that extra time in tests to actually walk away from the test and sit for five minutes and not look at anything uh, the memory I had a little sheet that I could use that was amazing because it was just a word sheet it would just have words from the textbook random words um, and then the professor would approve it but those words would be enough of a reminder of what I studied because at that time in university I could barely read so trying to remember what I had read was even more of a challenge, let alone reading everything. So that really helped me. I also didn't go to class um, much. Well, now that's kind of how it is with COVID, but I had already started that. I Everything was posted online for most professors. So I just did it from home because that person tapping that pencil in the classroom would make me explode and I'd just get up and leave the class. I was like, I can't, can't do this. Can't do the sensitivity. So. University was uh, long, but I finished and then I decided to ride again because <laughs> I'm really competitive and that's my personality. So I moved away from home again because there's nothing here. And I went from not riding to riding six to eight horses a day and I lasted a month. And that was the worst decision that I made. I shouldn't have gone from zero to a hundred. I should have like progressed it slowly to see if it was gonna work. But I remember by the end of that month, I was sitting over a bucket wanting to puke. 
So then I just needed to do something uh, with my life. So I spent the next year trying to figure out was there other sports that I like that I could do that are safe, that don't set off the triggers, that don't make my headaches worse. And I found a few things that I really like, but nothing that gave me the same feeling. So then I worked for a year and then COVID hit and I was like, well, maybe I could help people. So I decided I'm gonna start a blog because I like to write and I'm gonna keep them short because when I had my head injuries started, I couldn't read, so let's keep them simple. And then after that, I decided that I should start a podcast because my brother was like, you love podcasts, you should listen to podcasts. So that's how uh, everything started. There's a lot more in there. Uh, my mental health was one of the biggest things I like to talk about because it's invisible what you're going through and we don't talk about it. We don't tell anyone that we're struggling. We just kind of keep it to ourselves a lot of the time. And like, I have a big family. I was around my family members every day. And actually the moment that I did uh, end up in a hospital because I had overdosed, I ended up being surrounded by my family who was the most upset in the world. And then they kind of babysat me for a few months when I went through mandatory therapy. And I realized that they, I should have told them because they were the people that were gonna help me through it. And I should have reached out sooner before the point of me ending up in a hospital bed. And another thing I like to mention is therapy saved my life. I will say that a million times because the depression and the anxiety of the flooding thoughts that would come in, like, is it this worth it? Why are you dealing with this much pain? What are you doing with your life? It was just so much that I didn't know how to turn the thoughts off and they would just kind of drown me out. I couldn't think of anything else. I couldn't control what I was doing. So therapy gave me the tools to really calm those down. So that was really useful for me. And yeah, so that's um, my story. I've done pretty much every therapy you can think about out there from acupuncture to HBOT to uh, I've done float therapy. I've done all of the diet stuff. I've done pretty much everything. Nuka Cairo, regular Cairo massage, uh, the whole list um, from laser therapy as well. Uh, allergy testing, pretty much everything in the book. So if you have any questions, feel free to ask. And that's me. Today, I have Emily, who is also part of McGill Students for Concussion Legacy Foundation, Nick from Concussion Talk Podcast, and his co-host, Aaron, um, who is also the coordinator for the Newfoundland and Labrador Brain Injury Association, joining me today. Um, so Bella's, Bella's talk was really good, and I think there was just like a lot of things that she said that were relatable to a lot of people. We had a really good group discussion afterwards. Yeah, it seemed like it'd be a good group discussion because I remember I noticed the one thing I really I'm not going my microphone on a minute, but uh, I noticed is that she just kind of mentioned in passing that like that floating. She had, she tried all these therapies and she tried floating, but she just mentioned that as one of the therapies. But mm-hmm. Jordan was like saying, "Oh, that was the best thing ever," and uh, so it shows how different people respond differently to different yeah. treatments. Yeah, definitely. I yeah, I think that was that was that's true actually. Because Jordan was a couple weeks ago, and he was like, "Yeah, floating was like the best thing for me." Yeah. And um, and for Bella, she just kind of like mentioned it in passing when she was yeah. going over all the things that she tried. Yeah, so that just really shows like how different everyone is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I think the thing that uh, amazed me the most about her too was just her determination to try to get back into the sport she loves so much. And like it was oftentimes yeah. misguided in a way, but mm-hmm. and she knew that she accepted that. Yeah. But it was just like, oh my gosh, why did you put yourself through that again? I almost felt like screaming at her. I was like, no. Yeah, it's gonna see I every couple like, years get where she's coming from, like because I like, I mean, I played through lots of concussions in rugby and like just like didn't tell people and stuff like that. And I mean, same with hockey and like. You just kind of like do it because like you don't want to miss like your sport and like you don't want to miss out and I mean also when like you're young like like high school me like didn't think about my brain in the future like what does that matter like I just want to play I just want like field time you know um so I definitely relate to her on the like just repeatedly going back and like you totally shouldn't I feel like Em could too and yeah, I think something. every couple of years I just try and go back. I yeah. remember even I in like I remember even in like second year I think it was when you wanted to play soccer, like yeah, just I did play. Did you? Oh yeah, like a hundred percent played. Yeah, yeah. But then I but... got a concussion sledding. So I yeah. And what sledding? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It happened. I just got whiplash pretty bad. I think it's like people think they're like, oh, well, I know all this information now. I'll be safer and like, I'll be good. I can go back. I understand now. Then you get back in the game and you're like, ah, the competition is here. And like that same energy that you're like, I need to push myself harder. I need to get into like that play that might be. Oh, I need to be careful. Like, no, like you're competitive again. Like you're back in it. Yeah. yeah, no, that's. Really and there's great. like no changing that core personality where you're just like, this is part of who I am, and it's great, but it's not great when you get hurt repeatedly. Yeah, no, that's super true. Like I, I'm so competitive. Like, I compete over anything, like anything. Um, and I think that's something that like you can't like take out of yourself super easily. And um, yeah, I think yeah, there's one, one thing is that like people say I was like. Oh, you know, in high school, they're too young. You don't think about like your, your like you're saying, like you're when you're that young. But it's just, it's just competitiveness. And also, couldn't it be just not because they're young and they don't know as much about brain? Not that older people know a lot. Mm-hmm. Not Definitely. that older people don't either. But just that's also just yeah. the fact that you're at that age, especially, you're very competitive, competitive about getting ahead and stuff. And so it's yeah, not only. Mm-hmm. I'll say ignorance is a nice way to say ignorance, but you know, not knowing. I'd that. say it's just uh, the impulse control. Yeah. Like when you're a teenager, yeah. it's yeah. well known that you're yeah. going to be higher risk and have a lot more impulses yeah. to do things without fully thinking it through. And then you throw a couple of concussions on top of that, you're going to have yeah. a lot more of those impulse <laughs> difficulties. And they don't know about what what the concussion is, like what the whole like brain thing is, like. But the effects yeah. could be then rest are then you just, just yeah. to, why not do it? But it's better yeah. than, but then it's not so much a yeah, like, why did you do it? It's, why didn't you do it? It's more though. Seems to me. Yeah, no, that's true. And I mean like I like even before like I started doing the support group, I still didn't like understand or know very much about concussions, like even though like I played sports like 
my whole life and stuff. And I mean, concussions aren't something that everyone knows about. And then um, it's just in general, like across the board, like no one knows much about concussions. And um, it's also hard. Like, I mean, if you're a kid and like no adults are telling you like, no, you cannot do this because your head's so messed up because they also don't know like the seriousness of it all then like obviously a, a teenager is not gonna just take themselves out of the sport but um especially not else... a sport they love like yeah right yeah that's the problem like she mentioned she went out like moved away from home for this too yeah. like to do I something you're that passionate about yeah like, mm-hmm. sure. yeah yeah, that's really, really true. Like she, yeah, she clearly was like really into it and in love with it. And yeah, like you, you can't just give up on something that easily. Like it's really, really hard and it's not, um, and you're not going to kind of like go down without a fight sort of thing. And, um, yeah. I don't know why I kind of lied. This is nothing to do with like concussions, but what I kind of laughed That's what she was saying. Like, oh, I'm moving away. I moved on to, I was in Florida after this year. I was like, okay, well, I don't know where you're, where you live anyway. Where's your, your home is so to say you're for it could mean that you're at home like i don't know you. yeah no um something so, uh someone brought up in uh like the discussion afterwards um a couple of people asked about like what therapy helped her the most um and she said like uh like mental health wise like mindfulness um like learning to like calm down her brain when like thoughts started and like started racing and stuff um and then I guess like two things that were really helpful for her were like picking an item in the room and like describing it in her head because then like she'd be distracted um or like words like think of a word like um for example like think spell it out imagine it spell it like backwards and forwards and like think about all the letters and stuff um that was something I thought was cool because I, like, I don't know, like, I definitely, my brain just, like, goes and that's a, it's a good little mindfulness technique. So, mm-hmm. did she mention anything about, like, different, she had a bunch of concussions, but just, did she mention any one specific concussion that get, then after which she had trouble thinking or speaking or walking or, like, when you, do the different repercussions or every, every one, like, different noticeable Affects symptoms of everyone? Um, I don't know exactly which one. I feel like one of the, I feel like the really significant one would probably be like, um, when like she had to like relearn how to eat and stuff. Like, I feel like that one in high school was probably pretty significant. She mentioned Uh the one where she lost her vision, wasn't it? She blacked out. She couldn't see anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, like, first year of university, like, uh, four months in, and then, like, all of a sudden, she just, like, couldn't see, and, like, yeah, so, and then she moved back home, because that was, like, obviously super scary, like, I can't even, like, when she was talking about that, I was imagining that, and, like, that's terrifying, like, being all alone, like, your family's not near you, and, like, can't even call anyone, because you literally can't see, um, yeah, that'd be terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, another therapy that she said was like her, like number one, um, she said like, uh, craniosacral massages were her favorite thing, um, to get done. Cause it would help remove her headaches. And, um, and I was thinking about that person, 
um, Emily that you know that does like cranial sacral massages. And I was like, man, like maybe I should get one of those. Maybe that would make my life so much better. Um, but yeah. And then she was, she was also talking about diet too. Um, like figuring out what like your triggers are. She said like, she still eats gluten cause you know, like she loves bread and stuff. Um, but, um, sugar is one of like her main triggers. So she avoids sugar. Um, and like keeping a food journal, um, and like every once in a while, like she'll redo that process. Um, and also hormone therapy was really helpful for her. Um, cause like it would just like flow a bunch. Um, but yeah, I don't know. She had, a a lot of good, like tips and like things that she learned um, along the way that she shared and something else someone brought up was, um, on her website, she has a really good, um, like description for like what, uh, PCS is and, um, the person said, like, they bookmarked it, like, they're going to save it, and they're going to, like, use that to explain PCS to people now. So that was pretty cool, too. I have so no idea her... Sorry, I, I have nothing important to say. <laughs> I was Sorry. just going to ask about her blog there. So she just started that during quarantine, like, within the last year? Yeah. Um, so she started it in the fall, I think, was when she said um and uh she seems like she's really like she really like likes it and like is like really passionate about it which is super cool um I checked it out like briefly while like um uh towards like the end of the meeting and um it looks like it could be really helpful for sure and there's some tips and stuff and yeah what were you saying Nick I was gonna say that I have no idea what about cranial sacral massages like what does that entail um, Emily, you've gotten it done before, yeah. right? You can explain. Yeah, yeah. cranial sacral massage is just focused on like the, the, the where your, your neck meets your skull. Yeah, and the muscles in there that um, might be causing some like tension sort of headaches, but it's yeah. like very, very focused on that one area. Um, I know there was a guy that came into the support group along, like when we were still in person, who was having. He, he lied, like a lot of pain if he touched the top of his head and I've heard of people who like showering hurts because the water hitting mm-hmm. the top of their head and usually like craniosacral is like really really um, helpful for that sort of stuff um, and I know the guy from the group responded pretty well to it I've had it done once um, and it was really nice and I could use it again I just uh, I'm on the the chiropractic neurology route right now and so trying to keep it to one treatment at a time <laughs> right yeah no I, I have like i have a i my uh where my what's it my where my brain like my my uh, it's a bone flap it's back in there's like that that that's a bit that's syndrophy i've written it for all these mm-hmm. years it's still a bit that so i wonder if that kind of will be any good for that it doesn't hurt me constantly at all just hurts me when I think about it when I really poke it or, or pull a hair a certain way or whatever. But yeah, wow. that's more skin thing, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. I I'd never even thought about it. Like I just always kind of thought that it hurt to touch the top of your head. I didn't really think of that as an issue. 
Well, if you're on v- v- <laughs> but that, it does. That, that, that's <laughs> like people have had like you know the, so, as as a, a, a bit of hematoma, like if you're oops, sorry, me thing, but if you have like a a brain bleed, if you, if they get open up your skull, then that could be an issue. But if they don't have to open up your skull, then I don't think it will be an issue. You bring yeah, up an interesting point, though, like, Emily. Like, my head. yeah, the things you think are normal. <laughs> Man, yeah, there's so many things I thought were normal. Yeah. Yeah. Crap. It's crazy. And then, like, when you realize, like, someone else says it, and you're like, oh. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, I, like, I mean, I was friends with Emily for, like, two years before, like, I really, like, registered, like, like the thing she was talking about about like vision and stuff and I was like oh wait like seeing like this isn't normal or you know like constantly feeling my head's gonna blow up like that's not normal either like I thought that was just like how everyone felt you know um no it's really crazy like once you start talking to people to be like wow it's not normal okay yeah I should feel like that I do think like one thing can happen though when when that happens is like a couple different reactions that people have and I've had different reactions and one of those reactions is like too hyper focused on that one thing even mm-hmm. though you've probably been living yeah. with it somewhat functionally for um maybe up to several years now I know that's my case that's why I'm not that stressed about <laughs> top of my head hurting I've gotten to this point where I'm like okay well I've been living with it for this long I don't need to freak out if at some point I have the means and opportunity to do craniosacral I'm going to make that happen for me but that's kind of like what I was talking about last week. Like, it's okay to accept accept some of the issues if you're focused on, you know, one thing. But I feel like sometimes yeah. when we notice things that aren't we normal, then yeah, like, oh, yeah. easy to have to fixate. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, it's one. kind of the judgment of if it's interfering with your daily life and functioning, then go mm-hmm. work on it. But if you're managing and you're still getting through the day, fine. Just put it off until you can actually put all your focus into trying to get there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's kind of the most important thing. Like, is it currently affecting your quality of life or can you manage it, focus on other things and then get back to it in the future? Um, Do you guys have any last quick things to say? (laughs) I think it's cool that... (laughs) What am I? I think it's cool... I said, I think it's just cool that um, she, uh, oh, I just lost my train of thought, that she's working <laughs> to um, to try and help people. Like, I relate a lot to that, like, as far as concussions. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I relate a lot to that. But, <laughs> yeah, so I think that's really cool that she's doing that. And I think that's, you know, again, if anyone wants to be a speaker in our group, and that's, like, a good way to help people. And that mm-hmm. feels good. Oh, also, Nick, actually, she has a podcast. Um, you guys should interview her. It's a post-concussion oh, yeah. podcast or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, all right. <laughs> so um, thanks uh, to Nick for helping us um, do the podcast. Thanks, Emily and Aaron, for joining. And thank you to um, Bella for uh, joining our support group and speaking with the group. Um, We'll have a new podcast posted Monday morning. Our upcoming podcast can be found on concussiontalk.com. 
um, Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. You can find more information about our group on concussionmtl.com. Our peer-to-peer support group is free and open to everyone. We hold four weekly meetings on Zoom, and one is a French meeting, um, and we'll have the links in the description. Thanks. Head Check Health bridges gaps in concussion care through simple, powerful technology. Join organizations like the Canadian Football League, Trek Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Eastern Washington University, and Volleyball Canada, who rely on Head Check to improve communication and optimize care. Visit headcheckhealth.com for more. The music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound. W www.bensound.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.